here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you for being here today. And once again, if you're digging this show, please subscribe to the Dharmic Evolution. You can do that at the website, dharmicevolution.com. Check out whatever platform you like. If you like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other uh, platforms, you can do it right there. Hey, we've got something really special. I have never had an NFL football player on this show. I'm so delighted. You're going to really love this young man that I had the pleasure to uh, meet this week. And uh, he's a, a former NFL offensive lineman, and he's changing the face of wealth management with his new position as vice president at Bernstein Private Wealth Management, which manages over $100 billion for its clients. Yes, that's billion with a great big B. (laughs) He played offensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, Indianapolis Colts, and Denver Broncos over a nine-year period. He's making waves in the finance industry with his guiding mantra, leadership through service. He was born and raised in Southern California. His skill, hard work, and passion for the sport of football inevitably landed him a spot on the University of Southern California football team where he went on to win a national championship in 2003. In 2006, he was a second round NFL draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. Throughout his NFL career, he was a peer elected player representative on all three teams he played for and also received the league's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2010. But this is just scratching the surface, just the tip of the iceberg. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City with Winston Justice. Winston, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's I. You're the first uh, football star that I've ever had on the show, I believe, and I've had like all walks of different <laughs> people here. But man, what a career! Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say what a career. I say what a bunch of careers you're yeah. having in your That's life. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't say star though, right? I just I just fooled them. I just fooled them for a couple of years, right? <laughs> Well, that's okay. It, it certainly led you to some, some wonderful memories and, and opportunities, I'm sure. But, you know, just for folks who don't know out there, uh, as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, Eagles, Broncos, Colts, and, uh, and you know, there's so many things you have done, um, not only with your career as, as a football player, professional football player, um, but you were involved in the 2008 lockout and um, how did you get put in that position that you were instrumental in, in helping find resolution to that conflict? Um, did people just approach you? Did you volunteer? How did you get yeah. into that situation? Um, it, it's kind of an odd story. So um, to be in that position, you need to be a team rep. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the head of uh, the NFL Players Association came to our um, team uh, meeting room and said, hey, you know, we need a new team rep. The team rep that was on the team last year retired. We need a new guy. So we need someone that's responsible. We need someone that cares about his teammates and, and is also team captain and, and is like a team leader. All right. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was still young in my career and um, someone nominated me 
I looked around. I was like, well, they must have made a mistake. <laughs> I don't think they would have known. And then, you know, another teammate nominated me too. And so um, um, I ended up being nominated. So um, um, it, it was an awesome experience. It kind of launched my um, me, me wanting to get into finance. Because during the whole lockout, um, I, I was able to, one, um, be at the tables with some of the owners, uh, talk about a new CBA, talk about uh, business at a high level, um, see it from their point of view, also see it from the player's point of view because I, I was a player at the time. But then I also got to really see how players um, dealt with and interacted with wealth and also how their families interacted with that new wealth too as well. So did you find that uh, this was like a big surprise once you got in there? Like you probably like being fed to the lions in the beginning, right? Like, hey, thanks, guys. But once you got in there, it sounds like you found it kind of intriguing, you know, and eye-opening. Um, so that's was that the first like inkling that you felt like you might be in finance at some point yeah. further down the road? Yeah, yeah, definitely on both levels because one – I mean, some of these owners are brilliant people, right? And they're yeah. brilliant businessmen. Hearing it from their point of view, even though I was on, I was on the other side, I, I could still see what they were fighting for too as well. And then also from the player's point of view, I mean, a lot of these players, this is the first time a family has came into substantial wealth. And the burden and the complexities that brings to that player and also that family um, is, is, um, is, is, is really um, – a unique experience that I was able to really experience myself also, but also uh, talk with other players about finance too as well. Right. Um, because unlike a business owner that sells his company, when a player gets drafted and then gets a new contract, everyone knows it. Right. Yeah. And then on top of everyone know, knowing it, I mean, they physically, when they walk into the room, look different than other than than other people right so they're like you know people look at that and say well you must be an athlete and then it just surrounds them with maybe not the most credible best type of people and that's half the battle half yeah. the battle is surrounding yourself with uh the right type of people yeah yeah i i could i can imagine it's such unfamiliar territory like you know you're fighting like as a youngster, you're fighting for every scrap that, that brings you the opportunity that you dream of and you want, you know, yeah. but this other element that comes in is like, wow, now I don't know. I don't even know this is, I don't know what to do with this, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, do you find that most players, um, do they have sources like yourself or are they kind of just that, um, at the whim of whatever the market, you know, blows their way? Like when they're in this situation, because, you know, you hear horror stories all the time about somebody who, you know, they made tremendous amounts of wealth and, and it's all gone. And, you know, you don't have your physical attributes anymore to, to, to do this because it's not an, a middle-aged man or an older man's sport or, or a, a career anymore. So it's a kind of a dichotomy. You know what? I think some of the failures that athletes do come across financially are magnified. I think the players become more sophisticated. You see players making investments, you know, more substantial investments outside of, you know, their cousin's barbershop, right? I, I think, I think, I think um, the culture of athletics, the culture of, you know, sports is changing and the athletes is, is becoming more sophisticated, right? Saying that, 
I think if you give any 20-year-old or 21-year-old $10 million, there's, there's going to be a learning curve, you yeah. know? You know, um, and that's anybody, if they're an athlete or not, right? Yeah. Um, again, I just think it's, it's magnified when, you know, the contract is on ESPN. And when the bankruptcy happens, it's on ESPN too. Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that sold the company and made bad choices and went into bank bankruptcy, but it's not it's not on they're they're not doing an ESPN special about that, right? Yeah. No one knows. It's you know, you know, you know, no one's really doing a story on it. Whereas athlete, hey, it's 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 on ESPN, you know. Yeah. Do you find, um, Winston, that there's a certain time frame that comes into an athlete's mind um, when he's maybe it's a year or two years or, or maybe some guys don't even plan on this when they start to think, you know, second career, like after this, you know, wraps up, uh, I don't know how many years I have, but I can kind of look at the stats and say, you know, football it's, I mean, I heard the average life expectancy as far as an, an athlete playing in football, and I was like astonished. It was less than five years. I can't remember what it was, but it was crazy. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but is there a certain time that m- most guys start to plan this and say, you know, I should start poking around and looking for another opportunity after, after this wraps up and, and I could kind of segue into that? Well, I think guys start, think about that the first time you put on pads. It's so finite it's so any play could be your last play so everyone's thinking about that everyone's thinking about that but it's it's really scary too it's almost like asking a doctor you know what are you gonna do if you're not a doctor well you know i, I don't know i mean like so <laughs> you, you you put so much time and effort into something to think about something you know if you don't do it anymore it, one it's kind of scary because you know as men you, you find your identity and what you do right and once you stop doing that, you know, no matter how, how healthy you are, you go through a point that you try to find that, right? And so I'm saying that because it's hard to think about that. Um, saying that, I, 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 I thought about it. I remember, you know, when I went to USC, I'm like, well, what am I going to do afterwards, you know? Uh, when I got drafted, I was like, well, okay, I'm here now. But look, I see people get cut every day, literally, <laughs> in camp, you know, you know. I, I don't know if I'm going to be here. I don't know if I'm going to get the touch on my shoulder and say, hey, turn in your playbook. We're trading you. And, you know, um, eventually it happened, right? It just happened nine years later. Did you, when you were at um, USC, did you, um, did you go, like, right for football? Did you, like, play through high school and then go right in to, with, at USC? So, yeah, so I thought I was a basketball player. Um, oh, okay. And I'm high school. But – uh. The thing is, no one else thought so. Yeah. <laughs> it was just me. And so, you know, in order to be a, a, a successful basketball player, other people need to think you're a basketball player too. Um, right. For me, that wasn't the case. People thought I was a football player. I started playing really late. Um, I started playing my junior year. Um, ended up getting a scholarship um, later. Um, I was recruited by Pete Carroll. And, um, you know, um, does that answer your question? I, I, I'll, I'll get off topic. Yeah, so so you didn't start like until you were a junior in high school, like playing football. No, no, yeah. I didn't start until I was junior high school. No, yeah, I, I, I was a basketball player, and uh, uh-huh. you know when, when I uh, and I also grew really late. Yeah. So I remember my first time uh, stepping on the campus. I, I I went to a really big football school. Okay. I, I went to Long Beach Poly, and the coach at the time, his name was Jerry Jaso. Um, 
you know, from day one said, hey, do you, do you want to come out and play football? And, you know, every year I'm like, well, no, I don't want to play football. I am play basketball. I'm a basketball player. Yeah. Um, but um, um, I ended up coming out and playing because basketball wasn't working out. And um, football did, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or maybe one or two, but you know, I think you did pretty Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, so so now getting back to um the move from football to what well before we talk about the um uh what you're doing now, which I think is just fascinating, man. I just love the fact that you're doing this um you're in the financial world and wealth management. Um how was the transition when you went from you know, Eagles to Broncos and, and Colts, um, like changing up, you know, three different times. Was it really difficult um, to, to keep, you know, to change, you know, or, or financially, was it good? Was it really tough on your family? How did you feel personally about, about the, um, you know, changing teams? Um, on the family front, I think my family was built for it. I mean, uh, my wife was really supportive about, you know, moving and, you know, trying new things. And um, she's always looking for the next adventure, you know? And so I think, you know, um, this just pertains to me. I mean, so, you know, when I was traded, my wife was like, let's go. You know, she, she was on board. Um, you know, um, it, you know, it's hard to get traded and then uh, learn a new playbook, learn new teammates, uh, be alchemated to a new city, a new stadium a new field, a new way of getting your pads prepared, you know? Um, so it's different. Um, I, I, uh, I was really fortunate and blessed that I, had, I think I, well, I think I had coaches and owners that really cared about me. Um, and, you know, before I was traded, I remember Andy Reid calling and said, Hey, Winston, we're thinking about trading you. And I'm like, all right, this is how it works. Like you call, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't need to call, but he did anyway. And, um, um, and so, you know, he, 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 he had a good goodbye. So, um, and then coming to the terms, I mean, coming, com coming to, uh, terms with, you know, you are getting older, um, uh, your body, you have a couple injuries. It's probably why you're getting traded that your, your, your play hasn't, I mean, your, your plays level plays is lowering. So it's probably why you can, you know, shipped off to different teams um to come to terms with that that's always challenging um but um it, it comes it comes with the job yeah um how about i'm getting low i'm getting low on battery i need to oh okay here. <laughs> we, we could pause for a minute if you need need to no 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 that's fine. You good okay um any can you share favorite memories favorite team is there a time that you felt like you know, this is just uh, this is just the best ever. Um, you know, any any certain situation with a particular team or city. I think every team had those time periods. Every team had bad periods too. Right. Had where I was present and I was able to really um, enjoy my time being there. I had I had that time at USC. Um, I had that time when I was with Eagles. Um, that I was really present. I enjoyed my teammates. I was present with them. I was able to give myself to them too as well. Um, and I had, I had that time with the Colts and then um, I had that time with Denver, you know? So I think throughout a career, just like in, in, any other career, there's going to be really extreme highs, but then there's also going to be really extreme 
extreme lows. Now there was extreme lows in every one of those periods too. Yeah. As well. It's probably a hard thing to describe to people, you know, when you have a low period, we all go through them in our respective careers and our life. Um, but, but I know, you know, seeing athletes that, that just, they get so close to a certain goal and they don't get there and you can just see the devastation, you know, like uh, you have to write mm-hmm. a big game, a Super Bowl, or, wh- or whatever. Um, now, so I had a bunch of those. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess we all do. Um, Hey, how are you doing? Like just to, just to sidetrack for a minute. Um, how are you doing with the, um, with the dreaded virus that we're all going through? How are you and your family making out? You guys doing? Um, we are, I mean, I have three kids. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12, nine and eight. And so they're all outside right now. My door, I've, yeah. I have like a glass door. So they're all looking in right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's a different work environment, but actually um, it puts things in perspective, you know, um, I, I'm enjoying this time again to, uh, to spend more time with, with my family. Um, and um, we're, we're, we're enjoying being healthy now, you know, who, who knows if, it's, if we're going to be affected in the future, but right now, you know, you know, I, I think, I think we're healthy. So, um, I think we're enjoying that, that, that time a- after a long day of work, I try to, you know, take time to walk with, with my kids, uh, and my wife, uh, but still practicing social distancing at the same time. We, I, I live, I live right by, um, Percy Warner and that Percy Warner, uh, Cheekwood, you know, Cheekwood. So, so we'll, so we walk down there and we walk around. So we try to keep it, um, active, but, um, um, other than that, I mean, we, I mean, you know, and, and, and getting through the, you know, the, the mundaneness of just being at home, we've, we've been fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it takes, um, I think people just have to be, you know, patient and just, you know, the adaptability of it is, uh, it's just mm-hmm. so unusual, you know, um, I do a lot of my work from my own location, so it hasn't been that much. And my, my kids are older now, so it's been a while since I had them. Like I feel for the parents though, because I know. Yeah. Like, All right, we're climbing the walls. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> how yeah. how how old are your kids? Uh, my older son is thirty five, and my younger guy is twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Man, you have a thirty five year old? Wow. Yeah. You don't look like you yeah. have. Uh, actually, he, actually, he's thirty two, and, and the other the other. Oh, thirty two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Close uh, enough. Yeah, I started early, but um, but but they're good. They're good, and they're you know one's in Jersey and one is in uh, Austin, Texas, and uh, he's a singer songwriter also. And he's you know he's struggling yeah. out there. He's doing live streams now, and yeah. uh, that's how he's making his living. Which is you know you got to be creative, you know. At, in, yeah, there is, on, so. and there's and there's a lot of people struggling now too. So yeah, uh. I've been praying for them all because you know I feel so. Um, I, I feel just terrible for the, you know, the hospitality industry and the, you know, the sports and the vendors and it's just, it's endless, you know? So, um, I heard the president's thing earlier and these, you know, they're getting antsy now. They're trying to, to balance protecting people with getting the economy back together and, and do it right and do it safe. So, it, you know, it's, it's a really difficult, um, thing to do. So I've been encouraging people to pray. Um, you know, as much as they can, as much as they see fit, but, but we will yeah. do this for sure. You know? Um, yeah. So totally let's agree. talk about the management, the Bernstein, uh, wealth management. So how did you like, first of all, you, you started 
you you're in the coffee business amongst other things which which we've been affected a lot by the virus oh have you? yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, yeah. Have, you have to shut down the shop um no it was just, but we had to temporarily suspend some workers there too as well uh, uh so sorry um because of the you know just you know the numbers were really down yeah um um but you know i, I have a really good partner in that um uh-huh. you know he's he's my brother-in-law yeah. uh we both track the markets um he's also one of the reasons why i got into the finance too as 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 well so he he um we, we kind of foresee this. We, we kind of thought this was coming down the road, so we tried to take some precautions. You know, um, we, we didn't know it was going to be this detrimental, but we we, we were kind of planning something like this. Yeah, was upcoming. Are you guys specifically in Philadelphia with Elixir Coffee, or we're it- specifically in Philadelphia? We have five uh, five places there. Um, we're actually opening up a location here, though. On Fifth and Broadway in Nashville. Oh, great! I'll have to. I yeah. love coffee, man. Uh, folks, yeah. Elixir Coffee. Check it out. The Winston brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that'll make people not buy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so you started that first, but um, but you had you had your foot into um, uh, wealth management or financial management in some capacity before you started the uh, the coffee business. Versus- uh, so I started the coffee business back in 2008. Um, me and my brother-in-law, we used to go on a bunch of mission. We we we, we went on a, a a bunch of mission trips to Africa, to Haiti, to Indonesia, and um, we wanted to bring you know the coffee that we tried there. So we we used to go on mission trips and then drink coffee and surf. I know that's a word combination, but that's what we did. And when I was um, with Philly. He came up with the idea. I was like, and he was like, "Why don't we bring this coffee? This awesome coffee, coffee we had at these places, back, back to Philly?" And that's what we did. And he, he, and he took the idea and he ran with it. And um, he's been doing a great job with that. He's he, he's a really creative mind, really great businessman too as well. Yeah, excellent. Well, good luck to you on that. that sounds that yeah. sounds fascinating. So you Wait. you you went there to buy. The coffee from Africa, you said that's that's your supplier. Uh, well, no, now our our, our supplier we, he goes down to the actual coffee shop, all the coffee farms all over from Guatemala to Honduras to Panama. Um, but how it originally started was we used to go on mission trips, not to buy coffee, but just to you know um, to go on mission trips and help people. Yeah, and we did that. We the coffee was was something that we did afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I saw something in your bio that you've done Habitat for Humanity. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I always try to do, try to find something I could like, that's how I judge success is not off of like, you know, how much money you make or, but you know, how much people you could affect and help. Um, yeah, so I always look for avenues to do that more than just give capital, but to actually like give time and roll my sleeves up and get into the weeds of it. Yeah. yeah that is the most, the, the most valuable commodity is, is our time. And yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. If you, you know, it's mm-hmm. much better to just go and show up and do something than, than we can all write a check. Even if it's a small check, but yeah. showing up is, is, is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you, you're now with uh Bernstein um, wealth management and, and, a hundred billion dollars is what you guys manage. It's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. 
Absolutely phenomenal. And then I, I was looking at all the places around the world that your firm um, has uh, establishments in and, and what an impressive resume. Um, so let me ask you as a neophyte to what you do, Winston, when you're managing that much money, are you guys uh, considered, you know, hedge, a hedge fund, like your portfolios, uh, they're a combination of different um, financial securities and assets that you have hedges against to protect the wealth in that? Yeah. Um, so, um, so we have different strategies um, to create a, a, a diversified portfolio for, for a client, which is a foundation or family. So um, in those, in those different portfolios meet different factors that, that are needed to create a portfolio that could withstand volatility that we're going through today, right? So those different factors might be, um, you know, a large cap um, strategy, a, a small cap, a large cap means big companies, then you have small companies, then you have mid middle market companies, you might have municipal bond fund, a, you know, a, um, 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 a private debt fund, and then you might have some strategies that are um, hedge funds, right? Um, all these are managed in-house at Bernstein, and all these are used to be an addition to a portfolio or to create uh, an overall long-term portfolio allocation for a given client. Hopefully that's clear. Yeah. So, so each person that comes to you, you kind of customize the portfolio for their lifestyle and what their expectations are of the market. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. It was, it was amazing. Um, uh, Tony Robbins wrote a book, uh, you've probably heard of called Money Master the Game after the 2008 uh, collapse, um, which was fascinating. And he interviewed all of the, you know, the greatest traders and, and money people um, that were out there. And uh, I remember specifically Ray Dalio, um, he, he mm -hmm. suffered like a, I think it was like a 3% loss when the S&P like got hit like 23% in 2008. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was all about, you know, just continually balancing your portfolio. Like when everybody, when everything's plunging, you're actually, you know, you're buying a little on the way down. And when the market's rallying, you're selling on the way. So he's doing the inverse that everyone else is doing. I thought it was kind of fascinating. Um, yeah. Did you ever think you would be in a position like this with, with a firm like this? Uh, no. I mean, growing up in Long Beach, California, no way would I be – what I say, if you told my 12 year old self that, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, before this, I was a portfolio manager of a hedge fund. And before this, I was a portfolio manager of a long only fund at Wells, at Wells Fargo. So if I went back and told my 12 year old self that I'll be doing this, yeah, I, I would say no way, you know? Um, right. So no, I mean, I'll, I'll never would have thought I would have been doing this to the extent um, I'll be doing this. And like, to be honest, like sometimes I walk into board meetings now and say, man, do I really, do I really belong here? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like are these, like, are they really going to listen to what I say? Or like, <laughs> there's always still now uh, a pause, like, yeah, you know, and then, you know, I, I look, I haven't, I haven't been kicked out of, of any board rooms yet, but so. It, it's a little bit of a different uh, huddle, right? <laughs> not the same old huddle it yeah. was <laughs> yeah um it's a totally different beast 
Yeah. Do you have um? Do you have a favorite type of client for your business, or is it specifically attuned to athletes, or is it pretty much anybody who can come to you guys for for assistance? See, you know, I I don't have a favorite. I guess type. I like to be part of the creation process, right? Um, that's entrepreneur that's athlete um actually we don't really have that many athletes per se just just that's just our business it's just it's just not it's mostly endowments and foundations and business owners um but i like being part of the creation process so the business owner is in the process of creating a business building it selling it and then wanting to do it again i i enjoy being part of that creation process and right. finding pitfalls problems and solving it uh, and then with endowments and foundations, I enjoy using finance and using f the skills I have with, with finance to create a portfolio that would help sustain a cause that's bigger than myself, right? Okay. Do you have like nonprofits come to you and do you assist them? Okay. Yeah. So a bulk of our AU is with, is with, a, is with uh, nonprofits, uh, foundations. Um, and also private foundations too, as well. Um, so we work a lot with them. Um, so that'll be a, a that'll be a endowment will come to us to create a a um, a, um, a portfolio for them that 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 would meet that endowment spending needs right. and to help uh, um, and help steer through volatile markets. What what is your um what is your favorite thing to do in in that business? Is it is it you know when you bring in like a client that you didn't expect? Is it some surprise that comes out of left field? Like what's your favorite thing in in the wealth management you know arena for you that you get really really excited about? I genuinely enjoy solving problems and helping people. And I genuinely enjoy building legacy through finance. I know how much that can affect not just the person building the wealth or the endowment, raising money for the wealth, but what that wealth means, right? And uncovering that too as well too is something that I really enjoy like waking up and, and, and striving for too as well. Because I use this as almost like a mission field, right? And, you know, I always struggled with you know, I'm not really a good speaker. I, mean, I can't really be a preacher. You know, I don't really want to go on like, I, I don't want to be a missionary, but I do enjoy finance. I love reading about business, the history of business. I love creating portfolios. I know that sounds boring, but I really enjoy doing it, right? I love uh, creating portfolios that um, could withstand markets like this and um, allow me to use those, those attributes that I do enjoy doing in the mission field of creating wealth and legacy to affect the world we live in for the positive is something that I really enjoy doing. Right. Um, I asked you before, but it was a little chopped up. I don't know if you heard my question, but um, nonprofits do you do like, like if a nonprofit came to you and said, listen, we don't, you know, we're, we're, we're fiscally okay, but we don't know what we're doing as far as managing our, our finances. Yes, we do nonprofits, and sometimes those nonprofits have endowments, and we manage the endowments of the nonprofits. Um, and then sometimes families would have a private foundation um, that they give to, um, they, they, they give out of, we, and we'll manage those too. Right. 
And and the ending up in the city of Nashville, uh, Winston, was that um, related to your current profession? Like, because I'm thinking, well, you yeah. could have gone to you know Philadelphia, you could have gone to Denver, but you ended up yeah. in Nashville of all places. Uh, so tell us about yeah. that and how's it feel? So again, my wife is really, she's always ready for the next adventure. And we like doing that together. Yeah. Um, so prior to me at Burn, prior with me working at Bernstein, I was a managing a hedge fund. I was, I was a partner in a hedge fund, and it was it was between Santa Monica and New York, and I didn't want to raise my family in either one of those places. Right. Um, and so we were looking for a place that we could raise our kids in, and not move around that much because we moved around a lot because of me, and. Um, I remember doing rehab here one year, I think in 2012 at D1 down in Franklin or what I think it's in Franklin. Um, it's called D1. It's where athletes used to go and train. And so I went there and I trained this for a month. And um, when we start looking for new places to live, we're like, man, you know, Nashville's an awesome place. We could raise our kids there, you know, and, you know, it seems like a nice, wholesome place we could shelter our kids, but not really shelter them, you know. But yeah. Um, so we went here and we uh, took a tour of some schools and we visited some houses. My wife found a place that she really liked. And, you know, I, I was in a position where I could really work from anywhere. So I actually moved here and was still working for the hedge fund. And um, I was recruited by Bernstein to uh, work with their private wealth group. And um, I made the switch over. Wow, fantastic! So, how's it sitting with you? Are you you kind of liking it? Oh yeah, this is home yeah. now. Yeah, we're, we're definitely trying to lay down some roots here. You know, um, you know, my youngest is in second grade, at least until she's like through high school. I want my kids to look back and say, "Man, I had friends ever since I was in second grade." And so, we really we're really seeking to build that community here um, in Nashville, and. Um, it's still, I feel like we're still on the bottom floor of something special and we could really be part of that. Yeah. When you say the bottom floor, are you talking about Bernstein or are you talking about personally or like, like, what do you mean? Yeah, I shouldn't say bottom floor. Um, because it means like, it's, it's like up and coming and Nashville's already came. Oh, gotcha. Came okay. Already. About yeah. The city it means itself. that, yeah. So it means that it, we definitely want to lay down some roots, roots here and grow community. And, um, we feel like we have a really good opportunity to, to do that here yeah, and, um, and, and build some lasting memories with uh, my family and kids. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's astonishing what has happened to this city. I mean, I've been coming here six, almost seven years, I guess. And in the last like four years alone, you know, every time I come, it's like, I think I'm in lower Manhattan when I go downtown, I'm just looking at the skyline, the crane, yeah. you know, it's like yeah, the cranes, oh, yeah. Yeah. parking garage and townhouse. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just unbelievable how it's grown from this, you know, kind of a smaller city to it's becoming a big city overnight, you know. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Winston, um, there's been a lot written about, just to circle back to football for a moment, um, about mental toughness with football. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like a, you know, a, a part of the recipe you have to have in your you know, collective arsenal to, to go out there and do some of the things you guys have to do uh, to be a winning team, to have personal victories, and et cetera. Um, did you feel like you were bringing any of that with you into the, the respective careers that you have now outside of football? 
I think you learn a lot of attributes in life playing football. Like I remember Coach Carroll always telling me there's, you know, there's no mistakes, only opportunities to get better. Yeah. Right. And I, I really took that um, saying and, and, and apply that to every aspect of my life. So, you know, if I did have a bad game, I use that game to get better. Even if it's a good game, I use the good game to be better. And I transfer that into finance. You know, yeah. uh, you need to be really disciplined in your trades, disciplined uh, in the way you create portfolios. If something turns out bad, you need to learn from it so you get better. But at the same time, something's good. You need to use that to get better too as well. Um, now, at the same time, it's almost like um, there are some attributes in football that don't really translate. And, and I could kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like um, if you're a sprinter, you're not going to be that good at long distance running, right? Yeah. Um, if you're a weightlifter, you're not going to be that flexible, right? Um, so, I mean, it, so with football, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to go on a board meeting and like, you know, um, tackle somebody like you don't need to, there's some things you don't, you don't transfer over, but there are some attributes that you do use. Right. Yeah. I, I would, I would think you could probably count on a lot of those things that, you know, Pete Carroll shared with you, like you carry them in your back pocket and you pull them out when you need them, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a uh, boardroom. Exactly. Okay. Or tighten up. I put my stop in the wrong place on this equity, you know, that a few times. Um, as we're starting to wind down, is there anything that you would, um, first of all, is there, a, is there a particular group that you would shout out to to say um, your firm would do well with any particular group? And also anything you'd like to say to the general uh, public and the people that follow this show, uh, just any kind of shout outs that you'd like to send out to them, maybe even inspire some young football players who are on the cusp of uh, making a decision to throw in. Oh, throw in. Uh, I, I guess, wow, that's a broad question. The shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to give you every I mean, opportunity. We can yeah. go into everything if you want, but. Well, in terms of shooting out, I mean, I mean, like, um, um, in terms of, okay, well, in terms of the football player that's on the cusp of, of throwing a towel, you know, you never know when is the best time to turn to, 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 to pursue a different, a different arena of life. Right. right. Um, but you don't want to look back and have any regrets, right? Yeah. You want to give, you want to be present, right? And give everything you have at that particular moment. But even if that moment is coming to an end, enjoy that moment that you're in, right? Um, in terms of, look, I mean, working with foundations and nonprofits and endowments, I think everything starts with a conversation, you know? Um, you, you, you know, it's not a term, it's not so much as easy it's not an easy formula. Like if you have a, a bunch of AUM, we'll work with you. Cause sometimes that might not be the best fit. Um, I, I think our team here at Bernstein really values the, um, the partnership of working together. So it starts with a conversation. Um, I guess right now a conversation over zoom, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, to, to, you. to see, to see what value we can bring uh, to see if there's a fit or not because it's it's not just a base of AUM I think it's bigger than that it's what can we add value to how can we build this legacy how can we partner to create something special um so I mean I, I think it my I mean my my email is really simple it's winston.justice at bernstein.com so if you want to reach out um 
and then uh, inspiring. Um, I guess you know, in terms of look, these vol these volatile times now is look, be present. I mean, look with the family that you're with, and um, don't get caught up in the panic selling. You know, yeah. as we see now, um, a lot of a lot of um, investment is emotional. Uh, I think our job with as professionals um, in the finance arena is to take that emotion out of it and just add rational thinking to it. Um, so don't sell everything. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know where the bottom is, but uh, no one, no one does. Yeah. But we're near uh, the average uh, peak to trough now. Yeah. Um, now that's not saying it's going to go lower or higher. I don't, I'm just saying that, that those are the numbers. Uh, but there are some things that do need to happen. I think, um, we need to have a, fir a firmer grip on monetary and physical policy. Um, I think we need to understand the curve. It will see the light at the end of the tunnel for the virus, right? I think when that happens, a lot of things, a lot of things are going to change. Yeah. And then we need to see where um, corporate er corporate earnings is. Um, I'm not saying the corporate earnings need to be blowing it out the box, but we just need to know. And because markets are forward thinking, forward looking, yeah. so. Um, if we know those things, I think we'll see a lot of change. I know that's a tangent, but hopefully that was helpful. No, that was <laughs> awesome. That was awesome. Uh, Winston, this was really great. I, th I want to thank you for coming on the Dharmic Evolution and sharing um, these these wonderful chapters of your life. It's it's a really full life, and uh, I'm, I'm sure the best is yet to come. So I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you and your family, and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Please reach out. Thanks. The 2008 lockout. The complexity of family wealth. What comes after football for most athletes? USC, the Eagles, the Colts, the Broncos, the highs and the lows. We talked about the coronavirus. And the kids are looking in on our interview right now. Elixir Coffee, Philly in Nashville, 5th and Broadway for your Elixir Coffee. Don't forget about it. Support that coffee. Hedge funds, Bernstein Private Wealth Management, nonprofits, private foundations. There are no mistakes, only opportunities. Quote from Pete Carroll. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this wonderful visit with Winston Justice today. I had a great time, learned a lot, and uh, what a good man. Uh, I hope you guys will support him. You can always go over to winston.justice at bernstein.com, his email address, and say hello. And uh, keep an eye out for him on all of his uh, financial endeavors, and especially Elixir Coffee coming to Nashville soon, 5th and Broadway. If you have not yet gone over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, please do so. It's all about supporting artists around the world, authors, speakers, thought leaders, and now football players and wealth management people. So if you haven't done that, please do so. Also, go to dharmicevolution.com. Check out the 263 shows that we have up there. There are um, show notes. There are photographs. There is music. There are videos. There are books. There are TED Talks, all kinds of things. If you want to connect with the arts 
and be supported around the world through the Dharmic Evolution. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>